Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive everyone's voice is always welcome on the chuck and julie show and hello everybody happy party friday the chuck bonnieville julie hayden show truth straight up brought to you by happytrees.co great full service tree company and denver cinegenics and dr julie mccallan who is keeping chuck alive practically almost literally hey chuck isn't here today it's just me so i can go rogue um he is doing legal consulting stuff and he called me about 20 minutes ago and said hey can you do it right in the middle and i said sure so i have when we get to um we're gonna have a guest first off but feel free everybody there on zoom um to go ahead and and comment and pop in and out if you want um obviously talking about the speech the walk back of the speech or is it i have a theory that i'm going to share with you and it's a, a dangerous uh the theory isn't dangerous but it's about something dangerous going on. But first, I want to welcome Daniel Greenfield. He's a commentator. He's with the David Horowitz Freedom Center and um, uh, was gracious enough to join the show. So thank you very much for your time. Hey, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. You, so I guess I would I, I want to get into your great article you had on this new Google tool, and I use that term loosely there, because I think it ties into the speech, but I think I'd be remiss, just in general, your reaction to that I'll, that speech last night. Let's just say that. Uh, well, if we wanted uh, dime store fascism, we certainly got the 99 cent fascism special, complete with the red lighting, the threats against most of the country, uh, the Marines being shamefully used as props in the background. But, you know, this is who Biden is. And we've been lied to for all this time. He's middle class Joe. Uh, who was a moderate, and, you know, this is two powers. Uh, the man who was very angry, who was very radical, who was out to destroy America, actively threatening Americans with the use of force. Yeah, okay, and that's what I'm going to get into later. I mean, there's a lot of talk, and as when he was trying to walk back the speech, he started talking about political violence, not to be concerned or confused with actual violence. So I'll talk about that a little bit. But here's where I think it ties in, though, and that's what I wanted you to talk about this whole Google tool, because I think there was a time when they could kind of control the flow of information through the legacy, whatever you want to call it, media. But nobody believes that anymore. Nobody trusts that. Nobody listens to it anymore. And you've got all these other things cropping up. And so there's been increasing moves to censor it. So we're all used to being banned. We got kicked off of YouTube over a year ago. But talk about this new Google thing, mom, because I think this is really uh, sort of escalating that whole process. But when the internet first arrived, there was this huge sense of liberation. We were no longer um, dominated by the media. You could actually find your own information. You could, uh, with people, you could create blogs. You could create your own videos, your own podcasts. And then the um, effect of control, domination of the mass media returned because the internet was consolidated by a handful of companies with social media. Facebook pretty much controls about 90% of the social media space. Google controls 90% of sold search. Amazon obviously dominates book sales in many other areas. But uh, Google censorship is much more subtle than what you see on Facebook. With Facebook, you post something, then it's taken off. You know you've been censored. 
With right. Google, it's much more subtle because they use ranking and they push various agendas. So, you know, anybody who has searched for anything that is in any way at all political will regularly expect that you're going to get the mainstream media links, the various official materials, and the things you're actually looking for, the conservative views are being very much buried. Now, uh, Google uses algorithms to do this. Uh, it debuted something called MUM, MUM, which is its latest machine learning algorithm, which means it effectively is using AI. And the goal there is to create a consensus, a consensus of uh, whatever position it is. So, as, you know, you mentioned that you were banned from YouTube, as um, you may already know, if you question any number of leftist positions, you are in violation of YouTube's terms of service. Thus, you can question the uh, 2016 election, not the 2021. If you question global warming, if you question uh, COVID policies, there's just a long list of things, you will immediately be removed. So Google is in the business of creating these so-called consensus facts, and MUM is one of their tools for doing so. Uh, they don't actually want people even going to other sites. What they want is people doing a search in Google, and right away Google tells you what the correct answer is. Is this uh, seeing a variety of answers, seeing different perspectives, seeing different sites? Google just wants you to accept whatever it has to tell you. That is big mum. But, well, and and Google is itself, and I want to get into the specifics of that, but it's censoring more. We have, after I do our show, sometimes I'll post it on something called Google My Business, right? Um, and if I tried to post something the other day about Trump and the election, and it immediately removed it saying I was violating the community standards for, I think it was safety. It was dangerous, right? Out of, I will say this, I re, tried to repost it using Biden instead of Trump, and they also kicked it off. But we now see Google not allowing people to download um, on the Android app or out of their Google Play app through social, right? But this is even more insidious because people are kind of used to that. So, because this is the kind of thing you can't see what you don't see, right? So you don't know what's out there. And so are you saying that what Google is doing is designing something? So if I were to search something, um, say whatever, right? Put in, you know, what a Trump or whatever word you want, docs, whatever you want. What you're saying is, is this is an algorithm that rather than giving me the whole slate of things that they give me, which I think they already censor, they're just going to come up with one. And that would be the approved one. Obviously, the key question being approved by who. But is that what you're saying they're going to do or they're trying to do? This is what Google wants. What Google actually wants is for you to have an Android-based phone. And then you ask you ask Google, um, what is the answer to X, Y, or Z? And Google just gives you one answer from itself, not from other sites. So it's basically a little most of the internet, it's eliminating any kind of political dissent. There is just a single approved Google answer. It's very big brother. And it's, it seems like it's taking, Wikipedia does that a little bit too, right? The people who put up Wikipedia. I mean, a lot of people, I think you used to look at that as sort of an objective, sort of like an encyclopedia, right? Where it's just information there. But we find out more and more, they censor stuff. And the, so the big question with Google is who's going to be deciding what the approved answer is? Well, we already know, and this is part of what Mum is doing. It's going to uh, use what Google calls reliable um, factual sites, which, of course, we know what that means. You, these days, if you Google anything, you will very often get CNN links, New York Times links, Washington Post links. This really goes back to Eric Schmidt, who for a time was the CEO of Google, was also a close advisor to the Hillary Clinton uh, presidential campaign, and has got ventures to manage information. And his idea was that instead of the original Google, which was based around PageRank, 
Now, page rank meant that uh, if there were a lot of links to a particular site, you assumed that the site was popular and people were interested in what it had to say. I've heard of page rank. They have secret sauce algorithms, and those algorithms are driven by their own political and economic agendas and their social agendas. And the result is that uh, those algorithms push search results from sites that agree with their politics. Um, they suppress those. Now, as a very basic example, I've written negatively about Google. I used to be on the first page of search results for my own name. These days, I'm, I might be on the fourth page, on the eighth page, or even further down. Um, a lot of my articles, particularly those critical of Google, become very, very hard to find. This is something you can't really prove. It's not hard and fast. It is very invisible. Um, and that is why it succeeds so well, because people don't even know it's happening. Do you, we've been hearing a lot about, and I'm going to, some of our people, I guess I should mention this. Charlene is mentioning, hey, you can use DuckDuckGo. That's another search site. Do you see Google snapping up other search sites or this going to other search sites or how, how I guess, reliable are those sites? Because sometimes I have my own questions about things like DuckDuckGo. So this is really important to tell people. There are really only two search engines. There's a monopoly. There's Google and there's Bing, which is owned by Microsoft. Now, Bing allows other services to use it in its search index. So DuckDuckGo is one example. They're using the Bing index. Um, the, what the, when you use DuckDuckGo, what you're getting is basically anonymized search. DuckDuckGo does not track you, whereas Bing and Google will directly track you if you go to their sites, and they will resell the data. Um, so there's a, the only reason to use DuckDuckGo is that you're anonymous. You're not using anything other than Microsoft's Bing, and there are about 20 or 30 others that are doing the same thing. Now, there have been attempts to develop independent search engines. If you remember uh, 20 years ago, there were quite a few search engines. These days, right. unfortunately, there is a monopoly between these two engines, and that's in part because the major sites don't even allow other search engines to uh, scrape their content. So this is uh-huh. like much of what goes on in big tech. It's a monopoly that's integrated um, across the spectrum, which means if I try to create a search engine now, uh, the major sites won't even mm-hmm. allow me to do that. So they won't allow you to access their content. So you couldn't link to it. What we've been hearing a lot about through this attorney general's lawsuit about the, the, and the Facebook, you know, saying that FBI, Mark Zuckerberg says FBI called them and said, or called them and said, hey, can you censor this stuff of the Hunter Biden laptop thing? Um, and we're seeing that that was going on a lot. Do you think there is similar coordination between the feds and Google on this mum tool? Well, we know that there's been coordination between the Biden administration and various tech companies to engage in censorship. Uh, Jen Psaki, the past spokeswoman, actually came out and admitted it. Uh, there's been a push now by a number of senators to actually use freedom of information to get at any communications between the Justice Department and tech companies, in part because of uh, what you mentioned. At the same time, uh, they have ways of doing this innocuously. Also, tech companies will hire people who worked in the DOJ or people who worked in the Democrat organization. And this is kind of very much like Russiagate. They don't have to directly do anything. What they have are these people who operate in between. So they bring in somebody who works for on a Democratic campaign, and those people already know to, which orders to give. So Facebook has people like that. Google has people like that. And those people effectively promote the Democrat agenda, the censorship agenda within the tech companies. Why? What is the, and I mean, I think I know, I I think it's all the new liberal word order, because you said to promote not only their socialist agenda, but their economic agenda. Uh, To me, a lot of it is, is follow the money. When you say, why would Google do this? Um, I got to imagine that, that money and them controlling money and getting money by controlling the rest of us has got to be part of this, right? 
that's definitely a part of it. One thing a lot of people don't realize is we think of these things as free services. They're not free services. You're getting something for free. You're actually the product. So one day we sell the data. Um, who are the customers of the data? Uh, quite a few of them are themselves government agencies. And also uh, the big tech companies are, um, they actually are federal contractors. They get a lot of money from the government. Uh, they usually have multi-billion dollar contracts with the government. So, you know, when they're interacting with members of Congress or the Senate, they're also interacting with people who can effectively um, decide whether they're getting particular um, contracts or not. They're interacting with the Biden administration. Again, there's a lot of money on the line. But what about when you say tracking? Do you see Google as a part of this cooperative thing, um, tracking and then releasing the information or letting, say, that NSA um, have access to information about what people are searching for without search warrants, without getting some kind of subpoena or a search warrant? They have massive amounts of information that they resell, and it's sec- what they do with it is secretive. This goes back to the Clinton administration. Uh, Google illegally bought a company called DoubleClick, which was really the biggest advertiser of the time. I w- there were repeated warnings that this is illegal, that it's in violation of antitrust law. Uh, the Clinton administration let it go forward anyway, presumably because there were arrangements that were being made. And this really marked Google's tilt politically to the left, previously been more libertarian. Uh, it became very much a Democrat operation. And uh, once Google had all that information, they had the massive amount in their ability to track you now is completely overwhelming because people now have Google phones, uh, phones that have Android on them. They have Chromebooks. Um, they have Google apps on pretty much everything. Uh, almost everybody uses Google Maps. So they have a ton of information. This information is packaged and resold. We don't know the full scope of who they're reselling it to, but the bottom line is that any government agency that wants can get a ton of information about you from the uh, major companies, from Google, from Apple. If you basically want, you want to use a smartphone, you are reliant on these companies, and these companies can track every single thing you do, even if your Wi-Fi is off, even if you think your phone is not doing anything. And who they resell it to, certainly government agencies are buying some of it. What about this, too? So if I know that the way... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but so we hear a lot about sometimes the dark net, right? And and the thing is, is in the internet, everything is there and you can get to sites, say, I mean, you just have to know, and rather than searching stuff, right? You just go to the direct site. Um, do you... I mean, that would be one defense against this, but you, I, I, but that begs the question, well, how do you know which sites to go for if you can't search if you don't already know, right? Uh, there are workarounds for people who are in the know. The problem is that you're losing 90, 99% of your audience. When I make even smaller modifications to my site, there are any number of people who say, well, I can't use this. I don't know how to print this out. And uh, telling people that they have to um, use uh, Tor browser and uh, figure out the Onion network, especially while these people are older and not very technical, you know, you're going to wipe out your audience. And you know, this is what they've done when, example, they banned President Trump from Twitter. They uh, deplatformed conservatives on Facebook. And yes, it would be nice if all the conservatives didn't follow them wherever they go, whether it's Truth Social or anywhere else. But realistically speaking, most of your audience at that point disappears. 
Right. Well, we had that happen too. We got banned, like I said, a year ago from YouTube for, oh, go figure, questioning whether 10-year-olds should wear masks at school because that was deemed dangerous to the community, right? Which, of course, now it's not dangerous to the community. But you're absolutely right. You lose a chunk of people because other people, I'll tell people we're on Rumble and people are like, I don't know how to do Rumble. And I'll be like, it's exactly like YouTube, only it's Rumble. But it, it is. I mean, that is their biggest thing. And, you know, and they've gotten people so used to searching for stuff, right? Last night I was at a meeting and somebody wanted to go out and get some wine afterwards. And so they just, they just said into their phone nearest wine bar to me. I mean, and, and in a way I was kind of, it's so convenient. And I'm sitting there thinking, so now the phone knows where you are. Cause I, you know, she didn't put in an address and knows you're going to go to wine bar. And then it starts giving you recommendations based on what, you know, I mean, they've, we've gotten conditioned. That's how we do stuff anymore. You just search as my little boy says, I'll search it up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then they pay for it on Google Pay or Apple Pay. And at that point, um, they know not only that you went to a store, they know exactly what you bought. And again, they can supply the information to anybody who pays for it. What about, can you explain just because a couple more questions, because I thought it was kind of a cool analogy. I'm sort of a science fiction fanatic here, but you explained that, that what Google wants to do is kind of like what you would see them do in the Star Trek movies or the Star, when they, when they ask a question in the computer, the ship's computer tells them, and, and you're saying that's what Google wants to do. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, they've been saying this for decades at this point. Uh, you know, we originally were used to searching. We would just type in, let's say, um, bars into and we get a variety of answers from Google. Uh, what Google wants is for you to do the Star Trek computer thing. Uh, where's the wine bar? These, these are the nearest wine bars. Uh, they want, they don't want you actually picking and choosing different things. What they want is to give you or to direct you toward the answer that they choose. And, you know, when it comes to wine bars, it may not be that big of a difference. But at the same time, do you know if Google is actually being compensated by a particular wine right. bar to direct customers mm-hmm. there? Uh, there's nothing that says that's not possible. But it's not that uh, the stakes there are not so big when it comes to election information, when it comes to uh, what is going on with the country, what is the state of the economy, um, what is packed, for example, of wearing masks on children. You know, those right. types of questions, suddenly the stakes are much bigger. And when people are just instead of actually doing their own research, comparing different points of view, are just asking Google and taking the first answer that Google gives them, uh, that is the kind of nightmare scenario we have. And this is very much what Google wants. It does not want you typing things into Google. It wants you to ask your phone, except you're not asking your phone, you're asking Google. And Google will give you that single answer. You will accept that answer and you will not disagree with it. Well, and you know where this is really dangerous, too. As I said, we have an 11-year-old, and during the COVID, when he was doing all the homeschooling, I was kind of horrified to see how they teach kids stuff. So he would have to say, answer some question. It would be like an English or something. It was all online on a Chromebook, by the way. And so it would be something like, you know, what are the farthest planet or the planets in order from the sun, right? So he would simply type in the search thing, planets in order from the sun, right? They would send it to an article. He would cut and paste it and then put that in the answer. So this is a kind of thing that, okay, you're right. I mean, maybe that's not that innocuous, but what if Google decided they wanted to tell us the planets in the wrong order for whatever reason, right? You'd have all of a sudden, all mm-hmm. these kids, this is what they know. I think we've got whole generations not even realizing what research actually used to look like, right? Now you just, you just type in a search engine and you cut and paste it. The education system is broken. And for example, you ask, what is the best president? You know the answer is going to be particularly biased instead of just let's actually learn about the presidents and um, 
evaluate them. We're just going to have Google tell you what is the right answer. And when it comes to things that are more controversial, uh, global warming, for example, the impact on society, um, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, all these things um, that students are expected often to offer some kind of essay about, they're going to get material hand-fed to them from the left when they're using Google. Oh, wow. What is, I mean, what are your, this is good and people need to know this. So thank you for your article or your column. Um, but what, um, any ideas, how do we get around this or are, are we, are we doomed? <laughs> I don't mean to say doomed, but. Well, first of all, don't ask your phone. Do try to do independent research. Using uh, DuckDuckGo is fine. Just understand that you're uh, going through Bing. And, you know, the urgent thing we need to do is to break up this trust, this big tech monopoly. These big tech monopolies control our economy. They've howled out our culture. They've destroyed retail in some cases. And you cannot have a free country if you have four or five very powerful companies that control the marketplace of ideas, that control effectively elections. We saw this with Zuckerbox in 2020 uh, that control our entire retail sector because this is exactly what's going on. We oh. need to break up big tech companies. If we don't, they're going to break us up. Well, and that's the reason why big tech is now one of the biggest spenders on lobbying in Capitol Hill, right? Because <laughs> they don't well, want to be broken well, up. Yeah, they're panicked because for the first time, there actually was momentum under Trump uh, from Republicans and also from Democrats about breaking them up. The momentum is slowed down, but so many state attorney generals, uh, mostly Republicans, but still have been moving on Google. So they're panicked. They're spending money. They're finding anybody who's willing to take their money. And unfortunately, quite a few people are Democrats. And yes, Republicans. And yes, people who even posture as being very MAGA. So that is a huge problem. They're desperate and they have a ton of money to spend. So this is where where a lot of the battle is going to be, because we saw what happened in 2020 when the tech companies could determine the outcome of the election. They could block Hunter Biden materials. Uh, They could privately, like uh, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, privately finance elections. This is the kind of power they wield. You know, we talk a lot about the left, but this is really where this kind of force is being leveraged. And again, unless we break up these companies, they're going to control everything even more than they already do. Okay. Well, Daniel, thank you for that. I recommend everybody, you're, you're, it's at the Freedom Foundation. Where can people find you and, and read, read some of the stuff you write? Because this is important. I think one of the ways you start fighting it is by educating yourself that it's out there in the first place. Absolutely. I'm honored and privileged to work for David Horowitz at the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Our site is frontpagemag.com. All right, sir. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Have a good Labor Day weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. You guys, I would say everybody on Zoom, there's been some great comments, some great comments here. Um, they're having you're talking carburetors. <laughs> um, Sandra, that guy was great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw that and I thought, you you know that they censored. You can see that over the years, right? And we've done shows before with companies that have been censored um, and where, you, you know, Google won't bring them up in the search engine unless you type in the exact, they, well, they won't even bring it up, right? You have to go to the exact address. Um, and we've seen where they can, they put, I mean, if you try to Google Trump, right? Only negative stuff comes up. But what he's talking about is something even worse where you just get one answer, one approved government's, you know, seal of approval answer, um, a big tech seal of approval answer. So thank you to Dan, Daniel Greenfield. Okay, now we're going to have some fun because I want to talk about Biden's speech. But I want to, there's something scary going on here. And I would say dangerous. And I want to see what you guys think about it. Um, so first, you know, I mean, you saw it. It was, I was at a 
meeting and I didn't see, but I came back and read about it. And Chuck was like, when I got home, he's like, that was, he said, bizarre. Um, and he said, and it was scary. And he said, you know, they've taken the gloves off. They're, they're not even pretending anymore. But to give you just a taste in case you didn't see it, if we could please play the, this is Tucker Carlson on the speech. If we could play the Tucker Biden soundbite. We made fun of it at the top of the show because we didn't really know how else to respond. But Joe Biden really has crossed over into a very dangerous, very dangerous place. Tonight, he declared in a speech in Philadelphia that anyone who disagrees with him is a threat to the country. Here's part of what Biden said. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. That the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Yeah, they're a threat, says the guy with the blood-red Nazi background and Marines standing behind him. It's a complete outrage that this is being sanctioned as a White House event. In other words, that this is the approved position of our government. It's totally immoral. And then the guy who encouraged riots in 2020 accused MAGA Republicans of somehow threatening the rule of law in the United States. Watch this. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. This is truly nuts and threatening to the future of the United States. It's hard to believe he just did that, but he did. So here, let's get you guys win. I mean, there are so many things to talk about. And we'll read the comments. If anybody's there on Zoom, you want to unmute yourself or you want to call in 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. Um, this is from Leo. How dirty do the Marines that had to stand behind stand behind Biden feel? Um, they are still, oh, I get down there. They're still scrubbing off the, you know what? Um, cringe, commie, and desperate. It is, it, you know, but you gotta, there's more to it though than that. That was from Charlene, I think. Um, number one, you said MAGA Republicans like what, 11 times in the first 12 minutes or, or something like that. And this was not an accident, right? A lot of people, they had to set the stage. They knew they had the Marines there. They had to have some sense, you'd think, that that red background was kind of creepy and not really well. I mean, you've, I've guys seen the stuff that's on Twitter where you can see CNN during his speech slowly, but, but well, at the beginning of the speech, they changed the color balance. So all of a sudden he's more well lit and they got rid of the red. They washed the red out and they made it much more muted, right? They realized that it was weird. Um, the major networks apparently didn't even carry it live. So there was some clue that it was going to be weird. So you got to ask yourself, why did they do it? Did they misjudge? 
Did they, you know, just were they so obsessed with Donald Trump that they thought somehow or another this is going to be well received? You know, I kind of don't think so. Here is, let's see, this is from Charlene. It was all shock and all psyops. Sandra says he's talking about Trump supporters, period, disgusting. Their trial was January 6th. If you can, Leo, if you look closely, you can see Putin and AOC peeking over the curtain. Well, here's the, the speech itself was bizarre. I think not very well received. Even the corporate media, the corrupt media were like, you know, I don't think it's a good idea that he had all those, um, you know, um, Marine, the Marines in the background. It's disappeared off the websites of a lot. They're all, they're all back, and we'll talk about this later too, the stuff seized from Trump, right? They've all quit talking about this. And Politico, you had to go way far down to even find the article about this massive speech last night. And then what was ironic is they put a picture up from Biden at another speech, right? It wasn't even the speech he was at last night. So for whatever reason, it was not well received there either. And here is what happened today. All of a sudden, Peter Ducey, thank God for Peter Ducey, Biden is trying to walk this back. If we could play, please, the Biden Today soundbite. Do you consider, Mr. President, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? No, everyone, come on. it's like, no, I don't think mega supporters are a threat to the country, but it's like totally what he absolutely said. Um, let's see, just, this is from Dr. Donna. Let's see uh, from Steve Donna. I have a friend who went to China, said he felt like he's being watched every second. He was there would never go back. That's because he probably was from Dr. Donna. I got blowback from my latest uh, post on subspace stack regarding Biden's speech from Republicans and from Charlene. The commies pulled out of Russia in 1991. The Bolsheviks had bled the turnips dry. Putin kicked out the West. Kissinger and company um, out in 2018. Well, here's what I think is going on, though. And this is this is what I wanted to talk about and warn about. You started to hear, he said a couple of times in the speech, and then he said there again, even though he said, oh, no, I don't think Trump supporters are a threat to the country. He's talking about political violence. I'm going to speculate, I suspect, actually, that this is going to be their new thing, political violence. Now, you don't want to confuse political violence with 
actual violence, right? No, it's not actual violence. It's political violence. And this is what they're going to be going after. I think, you know, they, they poll tested ultra MAGA. That didn't work. They've talked about election deniers. That doesn't really resonate that much. Domestic violence extremists. Nobody really knows what that means. They talk about hate speech. And that's just like, okay, sticks and stones kind of thing. This political violence, I think, is going to be their new push to, as they said, they wanted to do crush not just Donald Trump, but all of his supporters. And here's where I'm going. So actual violence is when a security guard hired by a Denver liberal media outlet shoots and kills a Trump supporter at a rally. That's actual violence, okay? Political violence is when somebody is in Washington, D.C. on January 6th and all of a sudden doesn't say or do anything that most people would consider, that anyone actually would consider violent. They're just standing there, right? Well, then they get arrested and raided by the FBI because of political violence. And political violence, it's going to be, I guarantee you, this is going to be a new term that they're going to start throwing around all the time. And it's going to be political violence. Um, And because, I mean, violence is dangerous, right? Like I said, we got kicked off of YouTube because we were questioning the use of masks for 10-year-olds in school, and that was deemed dangerous to the community. They're going to start using, not extremists, not dangerous to the community, they're going to start using I guarantee you, political violence, the term political violence, uh, as a reason to start censoring people, silencing people, and worse. And when you say, what is political violence? Well, political violence is going to be anything that disagrees or questions their narrative, right? So it's not just going to be questioning the science anymore. Questioning the science is going to become political violence. Again, not to be confused with actual violence. It's political violence. And it's going to be whatever they want it to be. Uh, Donald Trump, right, didn't do anything illegal in taking his presidential documents that he declassified there. But it's going to be political violence. And they're hyping all of this up with the January 6th stuff. Again, yeah, but Biden said police officers were killed. No, the only people, the only violence that occurred on January 6th was from the police and the law enforcement officers against the people who were there. Now, they went into the Capitol. You can argue about trespassing, stuff like that. But there was no violence. Even that goofy guy with the goofy Viking hat, right? He didn't do anything violent, right? But it was political violence. And I think that's what they're going to start using. I wouldn't be surprised, just like we saw not that long ago, have a hate crime, something so I can shoot somebody, right? And that's a crime in and of itself. But if it's if I say something uh, racist to them while I'm shooting them, or if I say I shot them because of a racist reason, well, then all of a sudden they add, uh, they make it worse, right? They add something that makes it a heavier penalty called a hate crime. I wouldn't be surprised to see states, some of these blue states, start codifying, if that's the right word, this, and, and it's going to be political violence. So I can be trespassing, say, at a protest, right? But if it's a pro-Trump protest, then they can say not as only is it trespassing, but it's political violence. And I think they're going to use that to crush us and to censor us. And they have to, because you know what? In that speech, Biden didn't say anything about the stuff that people in the country actually care about. What people in the country actually care about is the fact that, oh, by the way, we still can't get baby formula. You know, prices are out the roof. Gas prices are high. Um, Excel Energy, did you see this? Just shut off the thermostats to 20,000 people um, here in Colorado who were trying to turn up their air conditioning. I mean, 
that there is so much going wrong in this country. And they, it's not that they don't have solutions. It's that they can't fix it because this is what they want. They want these things to be falling apart. That whole, you're going to own nothing. You're going to eat bugs and you're going to like it because that's all part of the new liberal world order. And if we aren't going to peacefully go along with the liberal new world liberal order, then they're going to force us to because any kind of dissent of that is going to be labeled political violence and they're going to crush us. Um, yeah, from Dr. Donna, exactly. Um, as the, shooting a woman, Ashley Babbitt, falling backwards through a window. Um, uh, Sandra, January 6th was set up by the commies. Um, if, again, from Dr. Donna, and the police shot through the crowd to shoot the woman being pushed through the window. Do they not train those officers? They do. But Dr. Donna, she was committing political violence. Um, from Charlene, Google bought out Nest smart thermostats in 2014, um, $3.2 billion, nothing to see there. Exactly, exactly. Um, and from Leo, those 22,000 are just idiots that wanted to be green. Yeah, I think they were surprised to have their, their whole, their, their uh, thermostats turn off. But this is something, though, that I do worry about, because they used to be able to control the narrative. Um, because there was only a few sources of news and people got their news and people sort of trusted the news, right? Well, the one thing Donald Trump has revealed with fake news um, that you can't believe it, it became so biased, nobody really trusts it. And on top of that, nobody listens anymore. And there has been this growth of conservative sites, other platforms, which is, as Daniel Greenfield is explaining, why Google needs to censor all of that, right? They don't want us going to that. But just in case we happen to speak out, right? They want to be able to label us as politically violent. And again, they want to conjure up images of violence, but the protests, they're mostly peaceful protests. That wasn't violent, right? Or rather it was violent, but it was okay violence because it wasn't political violence. And political violence, I guarantee you, is going to be anything that questions a narrative or that raises dissent. Pretty soon you're going to start seeing Facebook saying, nope, we're removing this because it's politically violent. If you question the election or raise the issue of election integrity, you don't even have to question the election, just election integrity, right? Politically violent. That's where they're going with this. And I think that's why it ties in with the January 6th committee. Um, I think that's why they had to have had some sense that this was going to play weirdly. And they don't care because they're laying the foundation for all of this and they need it. 2022, I don't know if they can control the midterms, but they're going to need it for the next time around. Here's the other scary thing. If any of us aren't being politically violent, what we now see is the FBI is perfectly happy to send in its own agents and its own informants to be politically violent and then blame it on mega Republicans, right? So if it doesn't even have to, we can, I know there's some people out there warning saying, don't take the bait. They want us to be politically violent. Um, and that's true. That's true. But we've also seen what happens when nobody wants to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. They like send in the FBI and they arrange and then they set it up. We've seen what happened on January 6th, right? The FBI, people are saying, no, 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 we don't want to go into the Capitol. That's okay. We'll just protest out here. And the FBI agents and informants are like screaming through megaphones, go to the Capitol now, head to the Capitol now. So they're, they're setting us, they're setting the situation up. Um, and I think that that's something we all have to be aware of. Um, and just keep your eyes out. I think you're just going to start hearing a lot more political violence. Um, and I want to play another soundbite because it kind of addresses all of this from Stephen Miller. He was on Fox, former Trump advisor. If we could play, please, the Stephen Miller soundbite now. President Biden tonight gave the speech of a dictator in the style of a dictator, in the visual of a dictator, using the words of a dictator. This was his enemies of the state speech. 
And like every other radical Marxist tyrant, he accused his opponents of being fascist while he engages in repressive authoritarian behavior. He's the one who is forcing Americans against their will to take a vaccine. He is the one who has violated our Constitution to open our nation's borders. He is the one interfering in the sacred relationship between parent and child to try to force dangerous medicine, puberty blockers, hormones on our little kids. He's the one whose government raided the home of his chief political opponent in a fashion that violates the entire constitutional order because President Trump has the absolute right to decide what is or isn't in the national security interest when he leaves the White House. All of those things, all of them, are the behavior of a tyrant. And this speech, this speech is the moment that Biden crossed the Rubicon and he ceased to be, he ceased to be a man who could even pretend, could even claim that he has the interest of this country at heart. And he is truly and irrevocably now committed to splitting this country in two and beginning an era of division and an era of hatred that will wound our soul if it is not repaired for generations to come. Oh, that is, uh... and I think that's that's true, and I think that is by design. So I think you know, don't don't be fooled and think that oh, you know, because it, it is a psyop, and don't be fooled and think that you know they just misjudged, they you know they didn't see how it was going to be perceived. They did, and again, I believe it's all laying the groundwork. And then they've talked about it, right? That they keep talking about domestic violence extremists. Well, that kind of sounds weird. What does that mean, actually? <clears throat> sort of like election denier. Those terms weren't weren't resonating, but this new thing political violence, not to be confused with actual violence, is going to be what they're going to start using to come after anyone who questions them. But too many people in this country, because of the way things are, have been forced to take the red pill. Some of us took it willingly, right? But it's been forced down the throats of anybody who has to deal with inflation or gas prices or heating, things like that. And it's only going to get worse because it's designed to get worse. They needed to get worse to force the new world liberal order on us. Um, and they can't have have anybody question it. So they have to come up with more than just censorship, uh, more than just shaming, more than just canceling. I think it's going to get very, and I know this isn't party Friday topics, but I think it's going to get very dangerous in this country um, for anybody who speaks up. I mean, again, look, they raided President Trump's home. They refused to show us the reasons why, because there aren't any reasons why, except for Trump is dangerous to them politically. So they want to do anything and everything they can to destroy him, to throw up roadblock after roadblock. They staged that bizarre FBI photo. I, I, you know, what's that supposed to do? Knowing people will show it. The corrupt media goes along and says, oh, Oh, look at all those things marked classified without ever recognizing the fact that Trump says he declassified them. Um, and, you know, he didn't have to go around and stamp everything declassified. Right. But they don't care. They, they did that because he's extreme and he's a, a MAGA Republican. And it is like he said, they're not really after him. They're after you. And they want to do all this to show if they could do this to Trump. Who else can they do it to, right? Um, and for the, some people who say, oh, I don't think Trump should run. I think DeSantis, maybe. But again, they're going to do this to anybody who refuses to go along. Um, and, and, you know, you got the Uniparty behind all this, too. I don't think you saw Mitch McConnell tweeting very much about the speech last night. I will say Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, even our own Doug Lambord slammed it. So, you know, there, there's that. But in the meantime, though, I, I just think they're going to be using all of this 
uh, again, what do they need 87,000 armed IRS agents for, right? It's to go after the politically violent. Want to talk a little bit about, and again, weigh in, guys, if you want to unmute yourself. But I want to talk a little bit, though, about the return of inventory. Oh, before we get there, we have Sherry on line one. Hey, Sherry, thanks for calling in. Hi. So I'm, I, I want to join your party and bring you happiness today. Yay! Yay! So, <laughs> I, let me address the first thing. You, I love your guests. You, you're doing a great job getting really great people well, thank on. You. And as far as search what works for me, instead mm-hmm. of going to Google, go to Rumble and actually search in some of the people. Go to forum, ah! win and search in a subject, and sometimes you'll get great stuff. Read um, the comments, because it's amazing. There are really smart people out there. That's a that great can- idea. Rather than just searching, go into some of these sites that you know are free and putting searching the topic there, and that'll give you, and then you can go right to the source. That's a great idea, Sherry. Yeah, that's how I've been getting, like, good information because sometimes you you really feel like uh you're living in two different worlds because you're reading one thing and then you're hearing and you're going oh my god um so i uh, to make your party happy i want okay. to tell you someone that i really think you should listen to okay and go into rumble and search the guy he's a military guy a military intelligence young guy and okay. his name is Derek johnson And he will give you, because he said something that really resonates. He said, what we're being done to is we're being Hansel and Gretel. We're giving breadcrumbs. We're just getting crumbs. And he said, he's not going to do that to us. He's going to tell us. And he does lay stuff out that's going to kind of blow your mind. So, but it will make you very happy, Julie. And you'll start going, (laughs) wow. How is it possible that Guantanamo, Guantanamo, Guantanamo. Um, yeah, exactly. How is it that when the Democrats wanted to close it down, it has been getting tons of money doing all kinds of work there? Why is ah. it? Nah. Oh, okay. So his, it's, 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 you go find out and you'll be very happy. Okay. And it's, you just put in, you search the guy. Is that what is Go into called? Rumble. Go okay. into Rumble right. and then and put in Derek Johnson. Okay. All right. Sherry, thank you for that. That's good. That'll make us happy <laughs> in this party Friday. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Appreciate the call. Um, it's just so you know, Sherry, if you're listening, everybody here is typing. Great idea. Really enjoy it when Sherry calls in. Um, Leo, I'm not going to read yours. <laughs> it's funny, though. Everybody there on Zoom can read it. It's not. I guess I can read it. It says, Sherry, search my site for how to be an asswipe. I have it covered. Ha ha. Um, Leo, you, you should play Rome, um, Oculus with my, my son. You, you guys have the same. He and his friends, the same sense of humor. Um, real briefly, I want to talk about, because I have a little quick video to play here at the end. Um, the inventory. They released what they call the return of inventory, which is a list of all the things that they seized during the, the search. Now, it is incredibly vague. They seized some um, roughly 11,000 government documents and photos um, that had 
no classification markings at all. They seize hundreds and hundreds of magazine articles and pictures and, and news articles. They seize bizarrely 18 articles of clothing slash gifts. And I've just got to wonder if that's like somebody brought Trump, you know, a baseball cap or something like that during a, a visit. Um, they talk about all of this. You know, we found this many documents marked classified, this many marked um, secret Um, But they don't say what's in them and they don't say whether they were declassified, which they were by very nature of being there. And then they try to make it seem when you look at the sites they are playing up. We found several several file folders where the file folder was marked classified, but but it was empty. Now, I guess trying to imply that out of all this bizarre jumble of stuff, Trump went through and he removed the really dangerous stuff, the nuclear codes, and he copied them and then he left that file there. So when the FBI agents searched for it, they would they would be fooled. I mean, I guess it would be I don't know how your guys office work, but I have a bazillion files that are marked something and then I take the stuff out. I don't need it anymore or whatever. Right. I mean, it's just they're trying to make something nefarious there. In the end, it doesn't it doesn't say very much about any anything except for basically this was a search warrant that allowed them to go in and grab anything and everything they wanted. And now they're going, you know, they're going through it to see what they can find. Um, it sounds like the judge might appoint a special master, which of course we still won't know what happened, but at least somebody will be going through it. But you know, I don't know. The, the return of inventory just shows they just went in. Trump had boxes and boxes of stuff, um, and they took it all. Right? It doesn't appear to have been organized. It doesn't. And so then they carefully take some and lay it out on the floor and take pictures. So don't be fooled by that. A um, couple of programming notes. Um, we're going to replay this show on Monday, um, just because we're going to we have a barbecue and a golf thing to go to. Um, but I want to end this. Um, with, this is a kind of Chuck wanted. This is a video he found and he wanted to share. I mean, this is for all you guys who may have had the mistaken idea about white privilege. This is a, a Beavis and Butthead. Um, and they, they learned something about white privilege. If we could please play the Beavis and Butthead video. Wow. <laughs> this is a classic example of white privilege. And you both have it. Uh, what's that? Anyone want to fill them in? Um, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, so white privilege is when white people, particularly men, automatically assume they can take whatever they want. And they never have to worry about getting stopped by the police. And they have the inside track for any job they- I got this one, Aisha. They have the inside track for any job they want. Exactly, Gage. Thank you for that. That's white privilege. Whoa. And we have that? You sure do. I see. Whoa, I never realized this stuff. Uh, yeah, you've really opened up my eyes. Well, I'm glad we've been able to enlighten you. The real question is, do you think you'll be acting differently from now on? Uh, I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. Step aside, please. We have white privilege. <laughs> and they show him for those who were just not watching, but listening, they show him busting through the door. So Chuck, Chuck thought that was hilarious. I guess that's because he's a white guy with white privilege. Um, and so he wanted us to share that with you. Hey, I want to thank everybody. Uh, Daniel Greenfield, thank everybody on Zoom. Remember, you can get all of the uh, shows and the links to the various platforms at chuckandjulie.com. Thanks to the great guys at BBS. Um, you may notice we have Don and Doug doing it. Thomas is coincidentally going back 
to school. So um, everybody have a great Labor Day. Again, we'll replay this show, but we'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to have John Conlon, another uh, commentator on. And also we'll be getting into, um, so, you know, don't let your kids watch the Wednesday one, um, the, the Douglas County drag queen stuff, um, the, the wardrobe malfunction that was, it, it was just nothing more than an adult uh, exotic dancing thing that the insane Douglas County commissioners allowed to go on at a family event at the Douglas County Fairgrounds. So we'll be getting into that too. Otherwise, everybody have a great weekend. Have a great party Friday. We'll see you next week.